listening to Do Yourself a Favor, a podcast where you can gratify yourself off of my biased list of dope music. And yes, the list is biased and the music is dope. And just in case you're confused, this is The Beatles. You are listening to the right podcast. I know I switched gears a little bit, but if you remember what I said in my trailer episode, this podcast is for the love of music. And that means all genres. And today we're focusing on this genre. I believe, I guess people call this pop, but the way this song is to me, it's too funky to be pop. So I'm just say it's a funky genre of music. How did I get into the Beatles? I was hanging out with Linda, of course, back in 1990, whatever. And she put me into Girl Scouts. My troop at the time decided to go to Savannah because that is where the founder of the Girl Scouts lived. So her home slash museum was still there. And we were going to take a road trip down to Savannah to visit her home slash museum. Well, anybody who's ever taken that drive to Savannah from Atlanta or vice versa knows that it's about a four hour trip. So I don't know if the troop leader was just a really big Beatles fan or if she just wanted to make sure that the girls in the car was listening to kid-friendly music. But we listened to the Beatles all the way up and down Highway 16 to get from Atlanta to Savannah and then Savannah to Atlanta. By the time I got back home, I knew every Beatles song frontwards and backwards. I'm singing Hey Jude, Can't Buy Me Love, Little Yellow Submarine, and Come Together, which is the song that I am focusing on today, Come Together by the Beatles. So if you haven't guessed it yet, today's episode is brought to you by the letter B for the Beatles and C for Coming Together. This song was released back on October 6, 1969, and it spent 16 weeks back on Billboard's Hot 100 list. So it's a very, very, very popular song. The song was also featured on the Beatles' legendary album called Abbey Road. And even if you're not that big of a Beatles fan, I'm pretty sure you've seen this album cover. It's a iconic cover of the four members of the Beatles, and that is John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. Those four members were crossing the street and like a crosswalk in London. So a lot of people like to go to Abbey Road in London and kind of recreate that shot. If you aren't familiar with that album cover, do yourself a favor and look it up. I'm pretty sure when you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'll also try to put it up on my different social media platforms as well. Just to give a little history of the makings of the Beatles, the group unofficially started back in 1957 when Paul McCartney met John Lennon at a performance that John Lennon was actually doing with the group that he was in at the time called the Quarrymen. John Lennon was around 16 years old and Paul McCartney was around 15 years old. And Paul McCartney ended up going backstage to meet John Lennon and ended up playing some music for him and it really impressed John Lennon and they ended up hanging out and Paul McCartney eventually ended up joining the band as a guitarist. Later on next year, Paul McCartney invited his friend George Harrison to come watch him play in the band. Well, George Harrison was really impressed with the band and was like, man, I'm trying to join the band too. And at the time, John Lennon was kind of like, nah, he kind of young. I think he was like 15. So it was kind of like John Lennon might have been 17 at the time. But I guess 17 and 15 is a really big deal or it was a really big difference. And he was like, nah, he kind of young. I don't really know if I want him to join the band. And George Harrison did not take no for an answer and kept being persistent until they allowed him to join the band. So by 1959, all of the original Quarrymen, excluding John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison had left. 
So that only left the three quote unquote Beatles. So they ended up renaming themselves Johnny and the Moon Dogs. And you know how it goes when you're trying to start a new band. I mean, I don't know. I ain't never really been in a band, but I'm assuming you know how it goes when you start in a new band and you're really young like that. They had members come and go. And one of the most important members was Stuart Sutcliffe. So Stuart was part of the band for a very short time. He ended up leaving because he wanted to continue his studies of art in Germany. But while he was in the band, he became one of the most important members because he was the one who suggested that they change their name to the Beatles. There was another member of the Beatles who had a short-lived time within the band and his name was Pete Best and he was eventually replaced by Ringo Starr due to the band's producer named George Martin stating that, well allegedly stating that Pete Best had very poor drumming skills so they replaced him with Ringo Starr thus creating the quartet that we all know today as the Beatles. So when I think about the song Come Together, I think about like how they use the song in all these great commercials and it's how people unite and come together for great social justice causes. And I don't know, I think The Gap might have used it in a commercial to talk about jeans, but it's always just a really good inspirational song where people are coming together as one for some type of good cause. You would think that that would be the inspiration behind the making of the song. No, it wasn't. The song actually was inspired by a guy named Timothy Leary. Timothy Leary was a psychologist and he became famous for experimenting with LSD. So he was really out there trying to promote social interaction and raise consciousness about using LSD. And he would do experiments and things on volunteers and himself because he felt that LSD had like many positive qualities if you took LSD correctly. Now, I don't know how you're supposed to take LSD correctly. I mean, let me just preface this by saying I've never taken LSD. I'm not, you know, shaming anybody who has taken LSD, but we're going to go on the record right now to say that Do Yourself a Favor podcast does not advocate for LSD usage, okay? But Timothy Leary did. He was all about the LSD and he wanted people to take it correctly. I don't know what that means, but that's what he was going for. And back in the day, you know, the government cracked down on LSD and his experiments were stopped and he was arrested for drug charges. So in 1969, he was like, I don't have time for the government to try to run game up on my plans of having LSD being used worldwide and stopping all this social interaction. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the next best thing. I'm going to run for governor of California. So that's what Timothy Leary did because he was so upset that the government had cracked down on LSD usage. He said, I'm going to become part of the government so I can run all the experiments I want to do. So he ran for governor of California against the infamous Ronald Reagan. Yes, Timothy Leary, LSD experimenter, ran for governor against Ronald Reagan. So you may be asking yourself, well, what does this LSD using man have to do with the Beatles? Well, when he was running for governor, he came up with a slogan, come together, join the party in reference to the drug culture that he supported, of course. So basically, he was running for governor. His campaign was like, hey, you know, you vote for me. You join the party, the drug party. All of us can be dropping and doing LSD together, but you gotta vote for me. And in order for more people to vote for him, he asked John Lennon to create a song to support his campaign. 
again, come together and join the party was Timothy Leary's campaign slogan. And that campaign slogan gave John Lennon the idea behind the making of the song. And for whatever reason, Timothy Leary decided against using the song for his campaign. And per an interview back in 1980 with Playboy magazine, ooh, John Lennon said, and I quote, this thing, the song, was created in the studio. It's gobbledygook, meaning his lyrics were basically nonsense. Come Together was an expression that Timothy Leary had come up with for the governorship of California against Reagan. He asked me to write a campaign song. I tried and I tried, but I couldn't come up with one. But I came up with this, Come Together, which was no good to him. So John Lennon came up with Come Together. He admits that he wrote some nonsense lyrics or gobbledygook lyrics. And Timothy Leary was like, yeah, thank you, but no thank you. So John Lennon was like, that's cool. You ain't really got to like the song. I'm going to just take the song over to the fellas, see what they think. So he bring it over to the fellas. And everybody like, yeah, the song, cool. Paul McCartney was like, you know what? Let's slow it down a little bit. I'm going to throw a little bass line in that thing. So he threw the bass line in there. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, this song is good. We're going to throw it on the Abbey Road album. Throw it on the Abbey Road album, released it as a single, and it spent 16 weeks on the charts. They had a hit. heard was the very first verse of this song and the very first line of that verse here comes old flat top has to be one of the most expensive lines in the entire song not expensive in terms of money but in terms of time here comes old flat top and the guitar riff was actually from chuck berry's song you can't catch me so john lennon was sued for stealing that guitar riff and that line but he wasn't sued by chuck berry the lawsuit came from Morris Levy. And Morris Levy is an infamous music industry person known for taking advantage of underprivileged and poor black underrepresented artists back in the early rock and roll days. So a lot of the times those artists didn't own the rights to their music. Morris Levy is one of those industry people who owns the rights to those early rock and roll songs. And because he owns the rights to Chuck Berry's You Can't Catch Me, he sued John Lennon for stealing that guitar rift and the line here comes old flat top now he didn't sue john lennon for money what he did was sue john lennon to make john lennon make an album or a cover album of songs that he owned so basically he sued john lennon and said hey you used a guitar riff and a line from a song that i own i don't want you to pay me for it i want you to pay me in your time what you're going to do is go to the studio and re-record my songs that I own and make an album off of my old songs. That way, everybody will know that these songs have been re-recorded by a Beatle and the value of my songs will increase. So that was the lawsuit. John Lennon had to record a whole new album using cover songs that Levy owned. But it ended up taking over five years to create the album. And when everything was all said and done, when that album was complete, there were 13 tracks on that album. Out of those 13 tracks, Morris Levy only owned two of them. He bad production, he got walrus 
Pixar, he bag production. He got walrus gumboot. He got Ono sideboard. He won spinal cracker. He got feet down below his knee. Hold you in his arms. Yeah, you can feel his disease. Again, per John Lennon, he said that the verses in this song were a bunch of nonsense. So none of them really made sense. There wasn't really a message they were trying to portray. But that one line that he says, he got Ono sideboard. He was actually referring to Yoko Ono, the infamous Yoko Ono who was married to John Lennon. Three weeks earlier, John Lennon and Yoko Ono had been in a car accident, and this recording was the first time John Lennon had actively participated in doing any studio recording. Because him and Yoko Ono were so in love, he insisted that Yoko be in the studio with him when he recorded. So he had a hospital bed set up in the studio while he was recording this song. And that is where the line, he got Ono sideboard came from. He had Yoko Ono on the side while he was recording. So a little history about why Yoko Ono was so infamous, especially when it comes to diehard Beatle fans. So John Lennon and Yoko Ono met they were still both in marriages. They were both married to other people. And when they met, they said the chemistry was so crazy and it was kind of like love at first sight. And so they left their prospective marriages and then they got together. A year after they were married, dun, 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 the Beatles broke up. So a lot of the fans, which a lot of Beatles fans were women, blamed her for the Beatles breaking up. And then once they broke up, John Lennon decided to go solo and she encouraged him, she, Yoko Ono, encouraged him to try to make more experimental music rather than the mainstream music he was making when he was with the Beatles. And that experimental music didn't really go well or go over well with the fans. So they blamed her for that too. So that is why Yoko Ono has such a negative connotation when it comes to the Beatles. The fans blame her for breaking the Beatles up and they also blame her for John Lennon's experimental music. Ain't that messed up? She was just trying to be inspirational. She couldn't catch a break. Now some of you may be saying, I've heard this song before, but I never really knew it was performed originally by the Beatles. And it's probably because you've heard a cover of this song. This song has been covered so many times. It's been covered by Tina Turner. It's been covered by Aerosmith. And you are probably used to hearing it from one of the greatest entertainers of all time, Michael Jackson. Jackson got the rights to make a cover of this song. So back in the mid 1970s, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, they were becoming friendly and they met to discuss some possible song collaborations. And it was at this time that Paul McCartney told Michael Jackson about how lucrative owning music publishing rights could be, especially when the music is already loved by the public. Now, some could say that Paul was kind of venting because he had recently lost his stake in Northern Songs. And Northern Songs was the publishing company that he had set up with John Lennon. 
And when the Beatles broke up and all this hoopla happened, he lost a little bit of his stake in the songs that he originally wrote with John Lennon. So he wasn't getting full or ongoing compensation from some of those early Beatles songs, which were really big hits. Now, because Paul McCartney wasn't getting much compensation from his own Beatles songs, he started acquiring other artist catalogs and getting money off of those. And he went to his friend Michael Jackson and said, hey man, take advantage. Owning the rights to music that's already beloved by the public can be really lucrative. So taking the information to heart, Michael Jackson was like, okay, cool. And he used to joke to Paul McCartney that one day he would own the formal Beatles songs. And Paul McCartney believed his friend, Michael Jackson, to be joking, but in 1985, that joke became a reality. What happened was in the 1980s, mid 1980s, the Beatles catalog had come under ownership of a company called ATV, and this was owned and headed by an Australian billionaire. His name was like Robert Holmes. He was like, I got this catalog. I don't really know if I really want the Beatles catalog anymore. I'm gonna sell this off to the highest bidder. Michael Jackson had plenty of coins, as we know back in the day, and he was like, hmm, let me see what I'm trying to do with this. He discussed it with his manager and lawyer, and they were like, this is gonna be a really good move you need to move in on this Beatles catalog and in 1985 Michael Jackson paid 47.5 million dollars to own the Beatles catalog so that way he could do any Beatles song he wanted to do however of course his friendship with Paul McCartney kind of suffered over it all this to say a little lesson be careful of the advice you offer friends because sometimes it might come back to bite you and steal your music. Well, okay, not steal, but buy your music. And that was just a lesson from the more you know corner. Well, this concludes this episode of Do Yourself a Favor. I hope you learned something interesting and I hope you have acquired a new love for the Beatles. And I hope you were entertained. As always, I want you to do yourself a favor and make sure that you add Come Together by the Beatles to your playlist, as well as You Can't Catch Me by Chuck Berry. Let's show Chuck Berry a little bit of love. Listen to Chuck Berry's You Can't Catch Me and see if you can figure out what the big deal was behind the lawsuit. And also make sure that you add Come Together by Michael Jackson to your playlist. I'm going to ask on my Instagram page at Do Yourself a Favor podcast, which version do you like better? The Beatles come together or the Michael Jackson come together? I personally like the Beatles original better than the Michael Jackson cover. I know this may be a shocker to a lot of people. I still love, love, love deeply Michael Jackson, but I really, really just love the Beatles version better because it's a little bit more funky. Michael Jackson's is a little bit more rock and roll, but I'm going to want to know what you prefer. Do you like the Beatles version better or do you like the Michael Jackson version better? I also want to give a heads up to you all that I will be going to see some family so I may or may not be able to get the next episode up as quickly as you would like. I'm going to try my best, but if I don't, please do yourself a favor and try to head back down memory lane and listen to some old episodes until I get the new episode up. As always, don't forget to follow me at Do Yourself a Favor Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to listen to this podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean. I welcome all comments, suggestions, and questions. 
unfortunately we really can't come together like the Beatles want us to because COVID is still popping but please remember to wear your mask out there wash your hands be sure to social distance and remember I'm not a music expert I just play one on a podcast come together right now over me